Hey everybody, how you doing? Um, this is our first segment of Youth Voices of SFYC. Uh, I'm joined today by three amazing people. Two of them are my students and one of them is a good friend. Officer Clayton Powell, Fila, yep. and Nathan. You, you don't want me to call you Anthony. It's whatever. I got, I got like three different names. Really? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can remember, look, I remember Nathan and Anthony. I don't know. Yeah. What's the third one? Curly Fry. Curly? I'm definitely not calling you Curly Fry. I'm here. So today our segment is about youth relations in our community. I One reason about I thought about um, having this podcast was because I think after talking to some of you guys, like just about the police in general, that's the first thing that I just, I sense this, this like you guys were like fearful um, about being stopped by a police officer. And then with the rise in, you know, police brutality in our country, I mean, it's just, it's really bad. And so many of our black and brown youth are losing their, you know, lives because of police brutality. And we know going into this conversation that all police are not bad, right? You guys, we know that, right? Yeah. So, Officer... I'll, I'll agree with that. You agree with that? <laughs> okay. okay. Officer Powell is one that, like, I took a picture and posted it on Facebook and I had some friends back home. They was like, <laughs> with Officer Powell. Yeah. They inboxed me. They was like, you taking the police with the... You taking pictures with the police? I'm like, dude, I'm a citizen now. Like, I'm not doing... Look, I, I used to do things. I'm not doing anything bad. Like, it's cool. Like, like we really need... Like, I really need them. So, uh, Officer Powell has been, a, like, a real good friend. And um, I've been... I think I've been knowing him for, like, two years now. Yeah, I Yeah. And I definitely owe you lunch after this. How do we meet? Yeah, I just Through the coalition. Yeah. Right? Through the coalition. The youth coalition. Yeah, High Point, and which I'm now the chair for the coalition. So yeah. High Point uh, has a coalition that, a youth coalition that we meet about you guys and concerns and how we can better serve you guys. And so Officer Powell actually was one of the people to come and like give his time, you know, yeah. whether it was if he was off work or not. So we met there and developed a friendship. And so I thought he would be the best one to have on this podcast. And then you guys, you know. So I I want to take it, I want to give it to, both of you guys are high school seniors, right? Yeah. yeah okay. So I had to come, congratulations. I had the conversation with Fila, I think last week or the week before last about this subject. And can you tell me a little bit what, when I asked you about the police, what did you say? Tell me. Oh, say? my relationship with the police. Right. My relationship with the police is like it's not bad. Right. But like I only had like a situation that changed my like perspective on police. You know. Oh, okay. And like the power they have. Really. Like, so like uh, I told you the story. Right. Right. It was um, so it was my seventh grade year. I think. Yeah, it was like during. It was like at the end of the year. Right. So, we so like we had like early dismissals, right? Mm-hmm. So we came, we, we were playing basketball. It was like late in the day, like it was like five o'clock, six o'clock. Right. So it was getting dark, right? So we were heading home. Now Westwood Village? Yeah, we were heading home. Next to Game South. Yeah. And three police uh, officer like cops with the cars came, pulled us over, said something about like a suspect suspicious behavior around and like basically like pulled us over for no reason. They just right. like I think they um, they profiled us as, as right. being like fitting the image of the suspected person or okay. something. 
and yeah, like us not knowing nothing, so I panicked, mm-hmm. and like I was trying to like walk away, right? The police okay. like screamed at me and like froze me out. Okay. And I, like, I got scared, so they just like put us on the ground, we just sat there. Wow. All scared. For how long? I think it was like forty minutes. Really? Yeah, just waiting, and then the 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 person. I think that was a victim or something. He came, mm-hmm. and then like he tried to verify the the person, the people like us. Right, right. Like we basically, our life is basically in the hands of that person. If he says yes, that's him or no. Right. You know that feeling. Right, right, right. Like, like, that suspense, like really shook me up. Yeah. And so how did it? End? How did that end? Oh, the person said it wasn't us. So yeah. like we, we they just set us free like nothing happened. Just that. Like yeah. Just, yeah. Like no apology, nothing. Nothing. Just, yeah. They just they try to like play it off like telling us like to play with their cards and stuff. But really? Like, that moment's not gonna But it still stuck with you. Yeah. Like I keep I be thinking about this movie called you guys probably too young to remember it's Menace to Society where um the guy he gets No, it's actually boys in the hood and both of them, like they get stopped and um basically get profiled and then come to find out they just let them go because they find out it's not the people they're looking for but then they're see. stuck yeah. with that you know and it kind of messes you know yeah, messes your head yeah. up yeah what about you um yeah. so i top of my head i can't really remember stuff that happened to me but my family has had um problems with the police and they haven't really done anything like um i remember i, I was just a baby my grandma told me this story how there were some problems happening. It was nothing too um, crazy, and some police came over to her house, and mm-hmm. they was just yelling at her, and threatening mm-hmm. her to let them inside their house. And she, she um, back then she didn't. Uh, my grandma was a uh, fresh off the boat, you know. She didn't. She couldn't speak English well. She was confused. She didn't know what to do. Right, right, right. So right. of course she let them in, but she didn't even do nothing, you know. Right, so right. It was really crazy because I feel like they just the power they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what scares me the most is that. They're, they have all this power during the law, and mm-hmm. you can't really do like, right. can we say much about it. So both of you guys, I hear you saying the same word, power. Yeah. It's just the power factor. Is that... Like, we, we we made to feel this so small in front of them. Like, they have the guns, they have, like, the prestige, I guess, right. to, like, control us. Right. But, like, is it, I guess there's some positives to it, too. Right. But I feel like it has to be, like, put on to better things, like, Invest into like better things. Right, right. Just, yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. And I pick you guys for it. So let me tell you before I switch it to Officer Clay, I picked you guys for a reason because I was just talking to Officer Clay. Um, I said, if I had you guys, are um, I've been working with you guys for a while now, and you guys like are really good young men and I haven't heard like I don't think I even heard one of you guys like say a cuss word not that you don't but yeah. just out of the respect for me uh, you know or you just don't do it but it would be different if I had somebody on here that was maybe you know like had been in trouble or something and not taking nothing from them because you know we all make mistakes but they would maybe have a reason to be like fearful of the police but it just it was surprising to me not surprising but it was interesting that you guys had really never did anything but still had that perception about the police and so yeah i feel like yeah only living in this country for like seven years now i feel like my perspective is like not the full perspective right like i wouldn't say like i'm talking for every young black exactly person. and so that's like, important yeah yeah 
I'm fairly new into this country, so right. I don't really like. I wouldn't say I'm my. <laughs> I have the full perspective, right. but from the parts of my life right. that I experienced, like, yeah, there's some corruption. Okay. So, when you, because I know you drive, like. Yeah, I drive. You drive. So, how do you, because we kind of talked about this, and I'm going how do you feel, like, when you're being, like, if the police gets behind you, like, how do you feel? I feel like, it's not a, just us, like, I feel like everyone around feels some kind of anxiety spike when police is behind you, so. It's not just us. And if you're <laughs> not doing... Like, and, do I have and, my headlights on? Is my brake lights working? You know, right. It's like normal, like, right. you know, reaction to it, but... Right. And that, do you think that comes from... Do you think social that comes... Social media. Yeah. Yeah. The, so, yeah. Officer Powell, what are some... And you, like, I know you... I know you've seen a lot. So, from your perspective, what are some things that these kids, like, some something that you could say to them to make them feel, or something you could tell them that they should do to make sure that they come out of traffic stops and things like that. I know you can't speak for everybody, right? but I'm just, right. from your... So first of all, when the police find me, I get nervous too. Yeah. They don't know me, you know, See? I mean, you know, and I don't know who they are, but the one thing that I heard you guys touch on earlier was knowledge. There's a knowledge, a knowledge component and a fear component and the knowledge is knowing your rights, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and one of, the, one of the things I like to tell people is this, well, not that I like to tell them, I like to inform people, if your car gets stopped on a traffic stop for a traffic violation and you're a passenger, you have the right to walk away. How you do it is what gets your attention. Uh, respectfully dismiss yourself from that contact because the only person in that car that they can legally contact is the driver because mm -hmm. it's for a traffic violation. Okay. That's knowing your rights. That's having the knowledge that says, I know what I can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. Like I say, how you do it, getting out and running away is not the way, best way to do it. Right, right. Respectfully dis uh, dismissing yourself from that contact is one thing. Um, uh, at night, roll your windows down, mm -hmm. turn your dome light on. Okay. What you want to do is make an officer feel as relaxed as possible. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing out of your mouth should not be, why the blank, 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 did you stop me? Okay. Okay, because that's going to say uh, this person has something that they either don't want me to know about mm -hmm. them or they're making me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a respect thing. Right. It is. And I've heard um, some people say, a lot of comedians, you know, they, they talk about being the difference between somebody um, white getting pulled over, how they <laughs> talk to them like they like, you know, they really go off. Yeah, and yeah. so coming, thinking about that and we, you know, we laugh about it. And sometimes I think now it's not really a laughing matter because it's, it's, it's serious, you know. Um, right. So with that being said, we, I would say that we still have to take a little bit more precaution um, than the average white person when they're getting pulled over. Um, and I think that's a sense of being profiled. You know, I told my son one time, we was in the store and he had a hoodie on. Okay. And he didn't understand. I was like, take that hoodie out. They was, he was like, why? And he didn't understand because he's coming from, he, had, he hadn't came from the place I grew up from. And I knew, and he didn't understand why. And I was really upset with him. And cause I'm, 
really fearful of him being hurt and trying to, you know, teach him something. But he's and he said something to me later. He was like, "Dad, you're a school teacher. We were at the time I had a Mercedes, you know." And I'm like, "That still doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, because they like also one of the most important things I heard you say, and I never heard nobody say this. You said that you felt." a little intimidated when you're pulled over no. because they don't know who you are. No. And that does that change? How does that make you guys feel? Nathan, how, how does that make you feel? It's crazy how another person of, um, under the same... Say it. Um, like, another officer, say another officer, that's crazy, especially because um, like, they're supposed to have the same power, but if they... Like if they if, yeah, like, off-duty, like, they, 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 they just... If they assume something... Mm -hmm then they can do whatever they want. You don't have to be wrong. You don't have to do nothing. They can just assume. Right. That, so that's really crazy. I feel like the reason he's scared. Not well, scared. No, not scared. <clears throat> nervous. A little intimidated. And, and nervous, intimidated. I get nervous. nervous when I see a police officer. Okay, I totally and, okay. that and Officer Pop, uh, can you tell them how long you've been in law enforcement? 26 years. Wow, that's great. But yeah, I'm trying to say, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, a bullet kills a bullet. And the person who has a bullet pulls you over mm -hmm. and you, you have to like get a little intimidated like it's normal no no see the, the, the difference in my being nervous and intimidated is I have the knowledge to know that I haven't done anything wrong oh, yeah. okay mm -hmm. so that's nervous mm -hmm. intimidated is um, you know I, I feel like he's gonna hurt me I'm not I'm not afraid of him hurting me no that's not the thing so yeah. intimidation versus nervous is mm -hmm. it's, it's two different so two different nervous. avenues so I'm a little nervous when I see a police car behind me I gotta make sure I put my signal on, you know, and in, in time for the distance, you know, the, the proper distance. So right. I don't have to deal with that contact. But when I do have the contact, then, you know, contact. Yeah, the contact is smooth because my level of respect for what he does for a living, because I'm in those same shoes. Okay. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And let's look at it from that view, because I want to. This goes both ways. Let's look at it from that side. You also, um, for officers like. Officer Powell, they still want to go home. Like I think, I I try to look. I look at it like that. If you know the times I've been stopped, both of us want to go home at the end of it. You know, and I don't want to do what. Rather, I have to do more than the, than the next person. Do I feel uh, good about it? No, I don't. Do I? Uh, I? I feel like it's unfair, but it's platforms like this that we can't change everybody, but maybe we can start by getting some awareness, but I just, you know, I felt like at one point, once I changed things in my life, I was like, you know, I don't have things, to, I don't have nothing to worry about, and it's, that's totally not true, that, you know, it's, it's just not true, and um, I, I think that for me, being older than you guys, for me, I think go, going up in school, and they was teaching us about, and I talked to Officer Powell about that, about like learning about the history and seeing how police had played a major part in like uh, racial tension and was never on our side. So I grew up with that perspective, but you know, that was then and this is now, but I'm looking at all and, and, and I'm taking it, you know, lightly and trying to do something about it, but I'm looking at all these young men of color and all these families having to suffer because of they may, their kids been in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, and I think that we have to shed light on that. Um, 
what are some things that Officer Pilot, I, I want to ask you, um, I talked to you about that too. If something happens, like, and I'm going to direct this towards uh, Fila, I'm going to ask him the question. Would, would you, like, if a situation happened and you felt the need to call the police, would you hesitate to call them or would you call the Call them for like if something happened to you, like would you, would you like I'll would you hesitate? You <laughs> you're calling. <laughs> you're I call nine one one for the ambulance, but why not the cops? I feel like I don't live that kind of life. Like my life, mm-hmm. I'll say like if there's a burglary, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll definitely call the cops. Yeah. But right. I feel like normally for like suspicious behavior, right. no, I would not call the cops. You said you don't live that type of life like that talk about that like that kind type of, of life I mean ooh. I'm not in the middle of I guess violence right that kind of violence right but if but it, it was like, but if it was <clears throat> you, you would call them uh, yeah I'd call them see what they can do really yeah. see what they can do but you seem a little hesitant because when we talked before you said <laughs> it would have to be something really and I think that's it's, if, it, if it's something I can handle right not like you yeah. get up anyway. Right. Like, but I'd say, like, something that I can ignore, like, walk past, I wouldn't call. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Nate? Yeah, like, like I said, if it's something that, not a big problem, something that you just solve yourself, mm-hmm. like, by, like, talking to them or, like, ignoring them, yeah, you don't need to call the police because it would just cause more problems. Right. You want to be there. That's, that's how we feel. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. More drama. Why, why is that? Because you think that's that you me. make it. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I want you guys, yeah. you voices. Why do you think it? Call, something happens. Okay, something happens. Somebody hoping it doesn't happen. Somebody tries to break in your house. Um, and you would be hesitant to call because you think it may cause more drama. But in this case, you're the victim. But you still, like, so let's look at the police. They're there to, to do what? Protect and yeah. to serve. You know, a lot of people like me, when you get older, you'll be starting to say, I pay your salary. You know, you started with them conversations. That, that's my conversation. That's my conversation right now. Like, that, I mean, that's that's some of the things I'll say, but I, I'll say it in a way, especially if I haven't done anything wrong. But I don't want you guys to feel like you couldn't call the police if something happened. That's what you, you know, that's like, and, and, that's something that you have a right to do. Officer Paul, have you kind of... I understand what he's saying. Yeah. Um, he doesn't live a life that he would need to call the police often unless it's something that's not directly towards him. Oh, okay. 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 So okay. he's not involved in any activity that's going to get him in trouble to get the police's attention okay. on, a, on any kind of regular basis. So I respect that. That's cool. Well, you live a much better life than me because I had to call him <laughs> for so many things. Look, I, no, I, look I I've been, I'm the victim. Like, I, you know... I get what you're saying. Depending on the environment. <laughs> right, right. I'm not saying, like, I live in a perfect environment. It's just, like, what the person does with their time. Yeah. Like, instead of, like, going outside or, like, doing other stuff, I choose to, like, go outside and play soccer. Right. Like, participate in sports or community service. Like, going with friends. Or, yeah, stuff like that. Right. I'm not saying the environment I live in is, like, Right, right. Because there's always going to be problems. Right, yeah, right. Especially right. West Seattle is going for it. Right. But, and it's also, always remember, this is also, also some kids that have been caught up in, like, being at the wrong place at the wrong time, that haven't 
done, not just kids, grown-ups too, that haven't done anything. And I just, I, I really, and I want to, I just want to bring a little light to why, you know, I think it's so much tension between the police because I know during the summer I had Officer Paul come up here. Like, I met with you the first time, and I had, it was the, not this past year, but the year before last, so I had all my interns up here, mm-hmm. and uh, they just had got off, and you came up, and we came in the room, and I walked out the door, all of them were gone. Like, everybody was, and I'm like, what's, <laughs> like, what's going on? They was like, it's the police, and, and most of them couldn't tell me the reason why. Yeah. They couldn't tell me the reason why it was like that, and I just, you know, from my, from my perspective, I think, uh, because I've gotten older, I see things a little bit more differently, you know. But also, I want you guys to, I don't want you guys, like, I, I grew up with police officers in my family, and I was like, and I was still, as a as a kid, scared. Like, just just really, my uncle, two uncles were police officers, and they would come by with the police cars, and I would still be scared, and my mom would be like, why are you so, like, if you haven't done anything, but we know that's not, you know, always the the case. So I know that um, I have a couple of more things and I also, and I didn't say it at the beginning, but I also, I know we're on live. I wanted to take some questions from, from some people that's viewing now that, uh, that, uh, so hold on for a second. I got a note. So I wanted to also tell everybody that you have any questions like we'll have a part before we close this for you guys at home to like if you want i know most of the questions will be directed towards officer powell other than the kids but um one thing that i want to do is i want you and i officer powell i talked to these guys before before we even started this and i think Sometimes they're a little, I, I feel like they're a little hesitant on some things to say. And that, that I want you guys to kind of feel yeah. like, okay, let me, is it, let me, you know, this is the time to ask. Like, any questions you got to ask Officer Powell? Feel like you had a lot the other night. I did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, you had a lot the other night. Be, he, look. I wouldn't say I have a lot of questions. I would say, like, <clears throat> So like, what made you like pursue this career? Like, what made you say, yes, I want to be a police officer. I want to be a cop. So my influence um, came from uh, a cousin that I had that did two tours in Vietnam, lived in Detroit, returned to Detroit, and became one of the first black officers in Detroit. And so that was my, he, he was my basically unspoken mentor, and to hear his story of his, his years and two tours in Vietnam, how he saw his best friend killed right in front of him, and then he returned to Detroit. And I don't know if you know the story of when the officers, or the, uh, the soldiers from Vietnam returned, they got mm-hmm. sped on, mm-hmm. because they were called baby killers and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So he, he had a, a life of service in the military and then in the police department. Um, and I actually lost him four years ago to, mm-hmm. to brain cancer. Okay. And that was one of my biggest influences in choosing this career path. Mm-hmm. And plus, I wanted, this, I wanted to have the ability to change a system that I saw that wasn't quite correct. Mm-hmm. And the best way to change the system is from the inside, not outside. 
so that was my story and why I got into this, this career path. And that's a good point too. You made a good point. Kind of like when people would ask about me and teaching and the reason why I do what I do is to try to, instead of complaining about it, is you know, trying to be a part of it and seeking I change it. But Officer Powell, I want to ask you, is policing, from your experience, is policing different in the black community than other communities like the white middle class community? As a black officer, As is a it black, different? From your, from your perspective. I'll, I'll be straight out with you and tell you, my biggest disappointment was from the black community when I started this job. And why is why Because is it? I was looked at as being a sellout or you know, working for the man and this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was my hope, my hope was to come into this job and have a positive influence and positive relationships with my community, mm -hmm. but I got a lot of negativity mm -hmm. for those reasons I just explained. And it, it's disheartening, but mm -hmm. um, that was from the younger generation more mm -hmm. than the older generation because the older generation who had seen the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. who had gone through that. Right, I right. grew up as a, as a kid in the South, so I can tell you a little bit about the civil rights movement. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> me look, me too. Yeah. I forgot so, about that. Yeah. Right. So when, when it came to the older um, members of the, the black community, mm -hmm. they were more accepting than the younger members of the black community because mm -hmm. they, were, they were glad to see somebody who looked like them come to their house and didn't have to worry that mm -hmm. they were going to be mistreated right. just because of the color of their skin. Right. Okay. Right. So that that influence and that that acceptance from the older generation mm -hmm. kind of balanced the the negativity I got from some of the younger people. Right. So in the twenty six years dealing with some of the negativity. Um, did it ever make because 26 years is a long time like that yeah it's a long time I mean I'm I look I before we started I said thank you for your service because we always say about military thank you for the service right. I'm gonna say it on camera thank you again on, you know welcome thank you for your thank service you. but did you ever feel like giving up because of that I wouldn't say giving up uh, there were some some very um, down times where I had but there was that was an overlap personal life and professional life. Right. Um, I can say that I've seen some things I can never forget. Yeah. Um, I wish I could. Right. But the memory is one of those things you can't just delete like in the movies. Yeah. Uh, there's there's been some some good times, some some opportunities I've had to help individuals. Right. Um, and I'll tell you a quick story. I got, I got a call at um, one of the grocery stores during the holidays. Mm -hmm. And I think it was it was before Thanksgiving and a lady had shoplifted or tried to shoplift mm -hmm. a cart of groceries. Mm -hmm. um, and I take trying to feed your family when you're doing things that may be looked at negatively, mm -hmm. um, different than somebody who's trying to steal cigarettes or you know other right. other items, alcohol. Right, right, right. So I bought her groceries for her. You know, and yeah. it, it was, it was uh, it's one of those things where it's something I could have done. I think mm -hmm. it came like 70 bucks, no right. big deal, you know. Right. But it allowed her to feed her family at least for that exactly. short period of time. So um, there are stories like that mm -hmm. that just don't get told. Right. I, I know a lot of my friends do the same thing. Right. A lot of my friends in the law enforcement profession do the same thing. So those are the stories that don't get looked at and don't get reported, whereas you see the negative ones and it paints a picture that is unfair. Right, right. And it blows up. And I think a lot, I see some of my, you know, people that I know, they repost stories like that to try to change 
the perception of the way people perceive the law enforcement. And a lot of times I think, you know, you came from the South like I did. We come from and um, we come from a place where if you're doing something for somebody, they say you don't supposed to, you know, talk about it. But in these cases we have to talk about it because the the uh it's so much misconception about the police right. and right. it and it's and I ask myself like when will you know some of these things stop? I wanted to ask you about something. You talked about with your uh, grandma and yeah. yeah. Was that that point where you just it changed your perception of? Um, uh, my grandma actually told me this not that long ago, mm-hmm. and I was, I was I was like when she told me this, I was like, well, that's actually kind of crazy because. Um, how to do that sir so, so and I didn't really change my perspective my perspective on police mm-hmm. but it just made me change that um, that you should be careful because they can really do this all they want to because like I said earlier mm-hmm. you, you can be um, innocent you could have done nothing wrong but they just have to assume right. that you've done something and right. all they gotta do is just look at the color of your skin you know right, it's right. crazy because like, <clears throat> it defeats the purpose the whole purpose of a warrant like if you're gonna have an ideology of someone like doing yeah. something don't you need like a warrant to like uh, that, good that's question a, that's yeah. a common misconception mm-hmm. uh, there's there's uh, a classification of investigation called reasonable suspicion okay. okay reasonable suspicion is I'm not gonna try and define it right now because yeah. it, it's it's something that kind of goes along with our job mm-hmm. and it's it's the basic element for stopping and detaining somebody. If you don't have enough reasonable suspicion to stop and detain somebody, then you you kind of lose the contact. Okay. I never heard. Yeah. Re- I never heard that. Yeah. Wow. So it's, like, it's based on the the, the law, landmark case Terry v. Ohio, um, and if you want to really go back and look at that, right. then that'll give you the elements of what it takes for a police officer to stop somebody. So the story you told earlier, if there was a general description of three teenage males mixed race or mm-hmm. specifically then okay okay give, give me a second <laughs> three at, at, at Westwood Village okay. and they created disturbance the officers that stopped you had minimal reasonable suspicion it was defeated when the witness showed up or the caller said no that's not them right. but if it just said a general description and there's a specific time frame then yeah there's a there's a, a reasonable reason why you were contacted However, if they had said four males, 40 or above, mm-hmm. you guys obviously weren't, did, couldn't look 40 at the age of 12, right? right? So therefore, the reasonable suspicion is lost. Right. Okay. But how do, so, you, how do you talk, the, how do they talk the officers out of, like, out of okay, we, it's, we, we hear that coming from you, but how do, being detained, how do they talk the officers out of, like, just what you just said, reasonable suspicion. But do, if they recite exactly what you said, knowing and the officers say, okay, they know what they're talking about, would that still be a case where they will release them, or will it not, be not exactly? And I can't get into the, right, it. It will right. take hours for me to explain this in full. Right. So that is the basic requirement for contacting and detaining somebody. It's called reasonable suspicion. Okay. Um, and it's basically a reasonable police officer would think that somebody committed based on what information they have. Right. And that's it. Right. So if, if, if I get a description of somebody who's 
I don't know, 6'3", wearing a white shirt, a white hoodie, and has curly hair. Right. You stand up, and I know you're not 6'3". Mm -hmm. yeah. Have a good night. Right. Sorry to bother There's you. There's a lot of 6'3". And, that, and you know what? But that, I'm not stopping here. That's right, what I'm right, saying. Right, right, right. Yeah. But we know, and that has, ha that has happened so much. With, and you know, it's, it's funny that we're talking about that because people have been detained. You know, um, it happened to us. It happened to me as a, as a teenager uh, in the mall one time. And we didn't look nothing like the description of who they were looking for. But they still, you know, and, and, that's, and that's, like I said, everybody's not the same. And that's, we're clear, that's case by case. You know, you know what I mean? Right. But I, one question I want to ask you before we finish is, um, that I didn't ask is, and this is your opinion as a African-American male, when you see all this, um, all these things on social media or hear people talking about the uh, police brutality as an officer, because I know, I try to look at it from both sides because I know that officers have, you know, like they have the Black Lives Matter, they have the officer have, they have their blue fraternity, you know what I mean? Because I know it's a, it, whether they're green, white, blue or whatever, if you have a partner that you've been partners with for years, you guys have a level of trust for each other, you know, and I get that. But how do you feel seeing as a, African-American officer seeing all the killings and come just, I mean, how do you my feel? Personal per, pers my personal opinion about it, my personal feelings about it. When you get off work, take your uniform off, how do you, how do you feel? Um, being able to, to look at things from outside of a window right. when I take this uniform off right. and when I'm not in uniform. Because you got a better vision than all of us. It's disheartening no matter what you do for a living. I don't care if you're a school teacher, if you see some things that are going on in the law enforcement and it, it being an officer mm -hmm. gives me insight onto what could have led up to these things and what could have been done differently. Mm -hmm. Being a human with humanitarian and compassion, you see stuff that happens and it, it's got to hurt. Mm -hmm. It's got to hurt. Mm -hmm. if, it's not, if it doesn't affect anybody, then they're either numb to society or what goes on in the world. But these things are um, disheartening. However, I can't base what other kids do and look at you guys and go, all kids are like that. Mm -hmm. Just like it's unfair for what happens in Massachusetts mm -hmm. or East Coast or in California and then judge all police officers right. based on the actions of a few. Right. Okay? Right. It's not fair. Right. Um, and it's, it's one of the things that I've taken through my career is I take an individual on a case-by-case -case basis. Mm -hmm. I can't take what happened on the call three weeks ago and then deal with somebody that reminds me of that call and treat them differently or in any way related to the previous call. Right. Okay, right. so you have to take things on an individual basis. And like I said earlier, it's a lot of it's based on respect. If somebody comes with me wrong, then it's going to put my antennas up, and I'm going to think, what, what have I done? Right. You know, but what they don't know me as the person that's in the uniform. Right. They know the uniform. Right. And, and that's what they that's what they judge. They they base everything on the, the figure of authority that the uniform represents. I wore the I wore the uniform differently than anybody else because right. of my personal experiences, and exactly. you know theirs might be different than mine. I don't know. Right. I don't know, but I can't treat everybody the same, the same based on the actions of a few. Right. Right. So I had a, <laughs> it's funny you said that because I had a situation where I used to laugh at people when they we used to pull up at them at the light and they would lock their door. 
And so I'd have been kind of, you know, civilized lately. Yeah. So somebody pulled, some guy pulled up <laughs> next to me right. at the light, and I was supposed to be, you know, I thought I was tough. And I looked, I looked at him, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, and I think my son was in the car. I was like, I hope he didn't see that. But he like, you know, I tried to tell him, you know, I was pretty tough, but he like, he's not listening. So, you know, did, do, do we have any questions? Anybody? Daniel? Anybody asking anything? No? Oh. My esteemed audience. <laughs> We have some, everybody's important to us, but we have some, you know, some important people in the room. Do you guys have, starting with Ken, do you have any? Yeah, I have a question kind of about, um, I'm a teen service librarian, so we're with teens, adults. Mm -hmm. uh, just of, uh, you know, we're always trying to learn more about, quote unquote, the teen brain. Okay. And how teens make decisions that, you know, people more experienced, older would not make. Mm -hmm. And how do we um, take that into account when we talk with them? When we say, "Hey, you can't do that in the library, whatever." <laughs> uh, how does uh, police force? How, what's current thinking on the whole? You know, and a teen stretches really late, like twenty-five, twenties, twenty-five. Brain's still developing. Right. So, do you have any comments on that whole? Well, I was a teenager once. Sorry, I was a teenager once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I know that yeah. the teenage brain has a way of of thinking and one of the things that I actually thought when I was a teenager is I'll never be old. Mm -hmm. I'll never be old because we have this 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 chemical in our bodies called testosterone mm -hmm. and it makes you think that you will you can overcome anything and, and get through anything. Yeah, well, right. yeah, well okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> a little different now. Because my brain has, you know, matured and my brain has developed a different level of, of thinking and, and conceptualizing things so that I don't have that young teen mentality anymore. So uh, being a, a young teen male, mm -hmm. I can understand why young teen males think the way they do. Mm -hmm. Females, I can't touch it, sorry. Mm -hmm. I have, I have, I just, that's yeah. just, that's a whole different set of genetic makeup. Sure. So not yeah. to get scientific, yeah. but you know, when the testosterone kicks in, I understand, I get it. And I don't, and I think, I really think in all honesty, I know I got some people watching that know me, know me. I really think that uh, I'm glad that growing up <laughs> that I didn't have, I had some encounters with law enforcement, but my understanding was really bad at one time. Like real, like you guys would be really surprised at who I was thinking about what you were saying about the testosterone and because I had no level, and I didn't, I and let me clear, I wasn't raised like that, but I had no level of almost respect, and I knew I was wrong. But that during that time, it wasn't social media like it is now, so we didn't see a lot of things like happening. You know what I mean? But it was the closest we knew to police brutality was if we hadn't experienced it was NWA. Easy, you know, F the police, and that's you know, right. that's the places right. we had. But you know, I, I I really get it. But my hats off before I move on. My hats off to you guys um, for being really nice young, like really nice young men. I tell my son that all the time because I was told like much better head than I had, and I my hats off to you guys. 
Danielle. Uh-oh. Yeah, um, I actually have a question for all of you because I, I work with families and schools. Can I introduce you, Danielle? Can I say Danielle from the governor's office? You told me I could say that, right? <laughs> this is it's called the Office of the Education Ombudsman. Okay. An agency in the governor's office, and I'm really, really happy to hear all of your stories today. And I'm curious to know about the relationship between the police and the schools in all of your experiences. Mm -hmm. We go to the same school. Yeah, we do. So okay. anything he says is related. Yeah. Okay. You want me to talk? Um, how should we talk about this? Well, um, be, be there's honest. not that much police activity. Yeah. Sometimes they'll come over. Sometimes uh, if something happens, they'll just come over. Yeah, like random incidents, like yeah. lunch fight or something. Yeah. One occasion that happened was but, like. Yeah, like, a, like, like lunch fight. But that should be the security's problem, the administrator's problem. There's no need to call the police because the police come. Yeah, you know. But that's different because uh, I'm sorry, but I've seen it at a couple of schools I visited that they actually had an office for the police on campus. I was like, is this security or the police? This was oh. the, like this was the police. We had a truant officer when I was in school that didn't carry a gun. So it's because like Chief South is right next to the police station, oh. like the big like the main corner. Really? So like literally. Like two blocks away from the police station. So oh, okay. okay. I don't know. Maybe that's why there's not that much like activity in our school. Mm -hmm. yeah. So my response to that mm -hmm. is, you think of Ballard High School, okay, the first shooting in the country at a high school. Then you have Columbine. Mm -hmm. So when I was in school, unless the officer had a student or a child that was a student at that school, you never saw the police. Mm -hmm. That was a different different era. So we have a lot of incidences at schools that um, either necessitate or uh, require officers to be there on a regular basis, even if it's just coming by to say, hey, we're in the neighborhood, just stop by, mm -hmm. there's nothing going on, we didn't get a call, just so that for students to see us on a regular basis and maybe develop just a minor relationship with us that says, hey, mm -hmm. how you been? I had a kid that was full grown. I used to work in the Rainy Valley, mm -hmm. and I used to visit Dearborn Park Elementary School. This kid was in the fifth grade. When he was 27, he remembered me coming to the school. Never mm -hmm. had an interaction with him, one-on-one. -on -one. He said, you used to come to my school at Dearborn. I'm like, dude, I have no idea who you are. But he told me which teacher's class he was in, and I used to stop by that teacher's class. So there is a lasting impression that can have just by us showing up and walking through the campus mm -hmm. and saying hi to kids. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's, it's something that develops that rapport where it's okay. Hey, officers, can I talk to you about something? Not here, but you know, later. Maybe they got a problem going at home. Maybe there's a situation with another student that they don't really want the other student to know. So we'll go by their house and, and talk to them there. So there's a lot of interactions that are positive that can develop that rapport and that relationship where it doesn't have to be a custodial or investigative kind of reason. Right. You know, so. And kids, I think kids go, like the the uh, young man that came to you and you didn't remember him. Yeah. So he probably he remembered you, and he may appreciated you when you was there. But he, as he got older, it seems like he then he looked back on some things, which happens to us so many times, right. and we appreciate that those things. But do how do you feel, Nathan? As we wrap this up, I want to ask the question: How do you? Because I I'm not going to name the school, but I went to a couple schools that I saw. Like, I'm like, I was kind of surprised to see the full-blown police officers. 
how do you feel uh, <coughs> about that? Like, you, so you already said that you guys don't see the police a lot unless it's a you know case yeah. by case. But if you had to go to school with the police, like I saw, like they had to, like they got their own office. Like, would yeah. would that make you feel safe or intimidated? Um, it's I wouldn't be intimidated by the officers. It'll make me think that this the school like there's some stuff that's been happening lately and they will make me feel safe but the place itself will make me feel like intimidated you know because because like when i think of the police i think of them coming to deal with a situation that is usually pretty serious and if they're here at like a school or something you'll have me thinking like this school has had a history of lots of bad events right that makes sense, cause I if you it was a kid that fought a lot like me in school, I wouldn't want the police yeah. <laughs> like that. That's I not a good. Like, that's not a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So, what's that? I feel like an impact the police would have, like positively, I'll say it's like an attendance, really? cause like schools deal with bad attendance, like in my opinion, cause students come in the morning, eat breakfast, <laughs> and skip first, second, third, fourth, fifth, come to six. I feel like. In terms of attendance, mm-hmm. police, like, I mean, security can do that too, but they're yeah. not looked at as, like, these forces, you know? It's right. like, you can just sneak past them. But, like, police have that steady figure where that, like, yes, you have to follow me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, as, yeah. Because we was always taught that if you didn't do anything wrong, you don't have nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. But we know sometimes that's not the case. But I want to, we have another person in the room. Uh, Elijah, do you have any questions? Uh, you you how old are you? I'm twenty. Twenty. So, you know, uh, do you have any questions or anything you wanna Um actually I do have a question for Officer Powell. Uh do you guys have any like programs that are like involvement with the youth? Like any program, programs that go on like Yeah there's there's uh with regard to schools, some of the schools have SROs, Seattle or uh, school resource officers. There's also a, uh, a program called the Explore Program that has younger people who want to be, who are considering a, a, a career path in law enforcement mm-hmm. in whatever level, whatever capacity, and they actually have uniforms. It says whatever department that Explorer on it, and they can do that, I think, at the age of 14 to 20. Yeah, I have a friend that's doing something, a program like that, too. Yeah, Steve. Steve. Yeah. 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 So those are some of the positive interactions we have with the youth, and, you know, it, it, like I said, any any positive interaction you can have is a good is a good interaction for me. So, yeah. my bucket list was to be a police officer, but it's over now. So I never thought I'd be a teacher. So that happened, but the police officer, I I didn't pass that right now. That could go real bad. But so last question I want to ask for you guys are any statements, but I want to ask this. Listening to this. Um, and I know it's much more um, to be talked about and done, but do you guys ever think, and it just goes for you too, Elijah, do you guys ever think that you would pursue a career in law enforcement? Because I, cause think about what Officer Powell said. He said he one of the reasons he got in was to try to change the system. And if we are talking about a system that is broken, rather like me with the educational system, what one thing that I could that I could do was to get in it, and that's why I got in it. So it's kind of hard to talk about it and not try to do something about it. You guys ever think that you'll be maybe a police, Nathan? 
I don't think I really thought about it, no, but, um... You can wear a uniform. <laughs> you can be a firefighter. Right, I know, right? Or, yeah, or a firefighter. Yeah, I almost never, never really came across my mind. Although the idea of it sounds really good, you go into the system try to change it, you change know, and get, have people change their perspective. Right. Yeah, I went, I'm, I'm very passionate about medicine, so, like, I, already, I, say like, I didn't even want to ask you, because I already knew... Not an engineer, but I, go ahead. Oh, like when you said, like, knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. I, like, read about, like, all the rights I have. I'm, like, being informed about right. it. So, yeah. I'd say just staying informed and, like, knowing my rights. Right. Yeah. Okay. Would you ever, because um, it seemed like you may, like, I could see it a little bit. Personally, I don't think I would be, like, a, like a police officer. I'd probably be, like, more like a, like a game warden or something. Outdoors and environments and like fishing games and stuff. Like really? That. Yeah. Because I can tell you, I know one thing don't go into custodial work because I had him, <laughs> he was vacuuming, he was in here vacuuming. I told him to vacuum, like, you know, he's in all the interns. And so I was like, man, I hadn't heard the vacuum in a minute. I came in, I hadn't heard it. And he was looking around, looking at it. He had it plugged up. He didn't know how to start it. I was like, okay. <laughs> Put your foot on that. But that's good. Look, that's what my granddad used to tell me. Please don't go on no job that you got to get your hands dirty. So, <laughs> so I want to. Sorry about that. I want to thank you guys. Um, any other statements? Any, anything? Anything? I just came from school. You just came from school? Yeah. yeah. And I. What's that? So, with that being said, I really. You guys don't know how much I appreciate you. Taking the time out, Officer Powell, I really appreciate you. My engineer, I really appreciate you for seeing the vision and helping me with it. And for the people that came, you guys are you guys are awesome. And thank you guys. And it was in it wasn't any question, was it? All right. When's our next one? So, oh, I'm sorry. So the next podcast will be, and I'm taking suggestions from um, from youth. This is a this is youth. Like, I'm hosting it, but it's, I, I want, you know, the youth to really, really talk and open up. And so that's, I could sit here and talk all day on camera because I don't mind, but it's not about me. It, it's not, it's over for me. But it, for our kids, I want to get their voices out for different things. And Danielle and I have already been talking about the next segment, about some things. And so I still would take suggestions through our Facebook page about some topics and we'll have different youth on. So I plan to have the next podcast hopefully in the next two weeks. So, But if it's not the next two weeks, it may be a month from now. But I want to do it regularly because I want to get this part of this social justice aspect and some of the things that need to be heard. You know what I mean? And so that's my vision and that's our goal. So thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Cool. Good. Still going? Still going?